welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, bienvenue to the first off-season edition of the Clipset Podcast. We are back after a one-week hiatus with a bag full of mail. Your favorite, sometimes our favorite. Brian, I'm going to start with you. How are you? I'm doing great. Wow. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, I guess a week off made you reflect on yourself as a person and a human being, mm-hmm. and you came back better. So I appreciate that. How are you? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. Really <laughs> I love that that caught that. you off guard. <laughs> yeah. No, really appreciated you put me on blast like that. No, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited to do this episode. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, we've got some great questions. Before we get in, I let me let me ask the first question here. Okay. Are you enjoying the playoffs so far? Um, you know, in and out, yeah. Like when I okay, so like Memphis and and, and Minnesota is crack cocaine. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is crack cocaine. But <laughs> I think a lot of my rooting interests at this point are based purely on vengeance and so watching you're asking me this the day after Chris Paul and Doc Rivers avoided disaster, right? <laughs> and so I am I'm a I'm a downer right now because I okay. feel I feel upset. Now, I have the high of, you know, the the Utah Jazz being proven to be frauds once again, mm-hmm. um, which is very exciting, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like passively watching other years, you know, it's one of those appointment television things for me where it's like all oh, the playoffs are on, like I got to watch basketball, I'm trying to consume basketball or whatever, but um, it's been hard watching the Pelican Sun series thinking we could have done this and we probably could have won. Um, and I would have looked, I would have been more vindicated than I ever have been if that had <laughs> happened. And that is making me sour looking at that possibility and, uh, not being able to actualize it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What about you? What's the first, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I love it. Like I'm, I'm watching it from. My biggest takeaway from all of the the playoffs so far has just been the future of this league is incredible. This young class, this young class is so exciting. Like I'm I genuinely I struggle to think of a rookie class in the last 20 years that's been as deep as this one, like genuinely. Like even guys like Herb Jones, you know what I mean? Like Jose Alvarado, Jose Alvarado, like there, there are so many young guys, Scotty Barnes, like all of these guys. It's just so exciting. It's, it's so exciting to watch these, you know, obviously the, the top four teams so far, right. We still got to figure out what's going on with, with Memphis, but, um, they moved on with a little more veteran presence, but these young teams kind of gave some of these guys a run for their money, and that's been exciting. Enough enough of our We Watch Basketball bona fides. Let's get in to the mailbag. First question comes from Juan. Juan, I foiled you. So <laughs> your first question was, he wanted to know how you were doing, Brian. He was certain I was going to forget because he thinks I'm doing a bit. Unfortunately, I wasn't doing a bit. I was just being a bad friend. So I remedied <laughs> that, Juan. Ha, ha, ha. Take that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Juan. I appreciate it. Uh, Second question from Juan. If we get a healthy season from our starters next year, do you think we can be a top two seed? Brian, I'll let you go first. Yes, we've seen them do it. We've seen a healthy Clippers team get the two seed. So no doubt in my mind that they can do it if they're healthy. They can do it. So like to answer that part of it, yes. 
do I think they will do it? I don't know. And the reason why I say I don't know is because I don't know how much they're going to load manage. I don't know sort of what their philosophy is going to be coming into next season because maybe they do decide, no, you know what? We've tried all of these different things. Maybe this is the year we just go the 2020 Lakers path and go, no, we're playing hard all season long, and then we're going to be ready for the playoffs having played hard all season long, and we're just going to blitz the league. Like Maybe that's what they decide they need to do. Um, but in my opinion, I think it's going to be more like Kawhi and Paul George only play 60 games on purpose, and then we kind of see what happens from there. But if you balance that out, I still think it's possible to get a top because, I mean, what 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 were the game totals that they played in year one? Right. Or in year two? Like, I I do think that even doing that, they can 100 percent get a top two seed if healthy. Right. Like that. That's the biggest question yeah. here is if healthy. But this question is, if we get a healthy season. Yes, I, I load managing and everything. I still think that they're a top two. OK, sick. Um, our next question comes from Carlos Acelo. He says he saw a Twitter poll trending on Twitter uh, that asked if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are what PG and Kawhi were supposed to be. And the poll was heavily in favor of yes. Um, let's let's start there. Do you believe that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are what Kawhi and PG were quote unquote supposed to be? Um, I mean, look, I, I'm a big fan of that duo. Like I, I do truly enjoy this, this Boston roster. Um, I don't know they're just kind of, they're different players. Like I, I think that the parallel there is that they're two wing players. And so they work well together. It took some, took them some time to figure it out, but I think that they've got, uh, you know, a good two man kind of wing game going now, I guess. Yes. In the sense that they're, they're both great in their position. They, uh, you know, clearly the two best players on their team they they kind of do a little bit of everything i think the big difference there is that brown and tatum are young right and they yeah. they are young and so they've got healthier bodies and uh they've got more seasons together to build that so i mean i i get it. it's phrased in a way that's like calling pg and Kawhi a failure which i think is is insane to to infer that uh, given how how last season went, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, but like not in any way that diminishes Kawhi and PG. Yeah, it, I mean, to me, it kind of feels like the ceiling for both players is those two guys, right? Yeah, and we have to see them do that if we're gonna start saying, are they, you know, whatever. Um, it is year five for that pairing together, yeah. so they have had five entire seasons to gel. Um, this would have been year three for Kawhi and PG, right? We, and we only got the first two seasons and then we, we missed that pairing all of this season. Yeah. Um, and so I think we need some more time to gel, but also it's not like the progress for Boston has been linear. They yeah. came out with Jason Tatum hot, you know, Eastern conference finals pushed LeBron to the brink. And then they went out in the second round uh, to Milwaukee. They got their asses handed to them back to the Eastern conference finals in the bubble. Okay. Maybe this is that leap. They lose to Miami and then they lose in the first round of Brooklyn last year. So yeah. I think, I think 4 1, by the way, to Brooklyn last year. And so um, I also kind of wonder whether or not um, 
this is going to be that year for them where they finally take that they get over the hump and they get to the finals and all that stuff but i think to just sit here and and it's just it's one of those things like you said it's just to see if they can get a rise out of people saying like no they're not as good as coin and it's like whatever they're different they're different pairings and if they both win a title who cares that's going to be great for both franchises like we don't need to compare everybody all the time um second part of carlos's question Many people think Kawhi and Zion are the biggest contract finessers. Do you think Kawhi should be included that he is finessing us? Brian, I'll let you go first because I'm going to come in hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, my answer is yes. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, he took a team friendly deal like he could have gotten so much more money out of this franchise and he didn't. You know, his his play uh, last season helped the Clippers you know, granted, he got hurt in that second series, but without Kawhi, there's no way that they get past Dallas. There's no way that they get themselves in a position to knock out Utah to make it to the conference finals. Like, hit like Kawhi has has taken this team in two years, three years, to a a round in the playoffs that they never have in fifty years. No, that is not finessing. I don't see that finessing. At all. This is like, I get it. The The goal is to win a ring, but the ring obsession has gotten absolutely insane. And, and you know what? I'm going to I'm going to speak up for Zion, too. We're talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. He is, you know, if he can stay healthy, a generational talent. And this was a team that had just lost a guy that they thought was a generational talent. And look, he got hurt. You're, you're going to say that he's not worth anything because he got hurt like they, they proved that they're good but they also prove that they're not good enough. And we've seen Zion play and he is must watch when he plays. He's incredible. We've never seen anybody like him, his build, his size with the capabilities that he has. Both these guys are special players and they deserve the contracts that they have. Yeah. And it's like, I I think the question is more not do they deserve it? It's whether or not they're just taking money and pretending to be injured. Right holding themselves out that's the question that that is the finesse part of it not the fact that they got hurt on the job but you know because he talked about is this kind of like the san antonio situation right um because that was Kawhi saying he's not ready the team trying to force him back or whatever and then he forces his way out i think there is a difference because there's not a contract extension looming right he is signed um and he said at his press conference the reason he signed the deal that he did was because he wanted to motivate himself to play yeah right yeah and and we had heard stuff this season from you know people that are more inside than we are that he was hell-bent on coming back this year and that the clippers brass wanted him to sit out so that he would be fully healthy without risking anything for next season and that's like quite literally the opposite of what happened in san antonio Right, exactly. And I also think, I don't know, man, this is all just such bullshit to me, <laughs> me personally. I just, it, it doesn't make any sense to look at Kawhi as a finesser this season. When you look at Jamal Murray, who nobody is asking the same question of, and he got an, gave an interview yesterday and said he might be at 85% and he tore his ACL last April. Yeah. That's a full 12 months from his injury. And he's still saying he's not 100%. This is a tricky injury. This is absolutely something that could take all the way until ne- near the beginning of next season before Kawhi feels comfortable. I am also going to say, though, Kawhi was getting on-court workouts in that looked like I'm coming back on-court workouts. like They were full-bore workouts. 
were they five on five? No, that would be the next step, getting his legs under him in real game, you know, game time. But I don't think he he shows us what he showed before that game in Golden State if he wasn't hell-bent on coming back, if he wasn't trying to be there for the team, if he wasn't trying to claw his way back. And I think that it just got to a point to where the situation just was, hey, does it really make sense to come in for a playoff game or a play-in game if we're going to get eliminated? You know, if you're if you're running the risk of getting eliminated, does it make more sense to wait? And I just think the time the, the clock ran out. It didn't mean that he didn't want to come back. It just meant that he he didn't get there in time. Yeah. And I don't think that's finessing. I think that's just the lot. He tore his, his ACL what in June because the playoffs were pushed back a couple months. Like, yeah, he's still not a year out. And I know that I was sitting here trying to be, you know, positivity guy. I keep saying, you know, I think I said he'd come back January 1st as a joke, but like <laughs> that was just me wishful thinking. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I think he's a cyborg. But at the same time, I, I don't think you can look at him as anything other than a dude who who suffered a serious injury. Yeah. Is Clay Thompson finessing the Warriors? Did he finesse them? Right. For two whole years. Yeah. Yeah. I just he got his three, bag. three calendar years. Yeah. Yeah. Two just, seasons. It, yeah, it's an insane it's an insane thing to to lobby at somebody. Yeah, unless it's lobby to Kyrie Irving. OK, so let's go to Gian Patrick's <laughs> question. Gian <laughs> uh, Patrick asks, with chemistry building in the team, what is the scariest, most realistic trade that might be made in the offseason? I think Gian is, is concerned with vibes. Yeah. So like what is what is something that you could see happening potentially that has to use potentially again, the potential to ruin the vibes of this team. The most realistic vibe damaging trade that I could possibly imagine them doing is getting rid of Reggie this season. Um, mm. I think you kind of, you, you look at it as like, it's great. You know, like he, what he, everything that he's done is fantastic. He obviously is a big part of the locker room. It's PG's guy, all of that, but they might, this is something I've been thinking about. This is kind of a add on to this in terms of like, where do you improve? And, and um, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about a playmaking guard, a true point guard, all of that, which I, I don't think the playmaking is a big issue for them. But I do think defense at the guard position is an issue at times. And they might look at that and try to find a more defensive point for the team and move on from Reggie. That's to me, that would be something that would be realistic and would also potentially hurt the chemistry with the team. I'm only going to push back because I think it's impossible that this team would do that to Paul George. I think it's it's impossible at this moment that a guy who's only around for one more year, he's got one more year in his contract, who talked about retirement, who if they ride into the sunset, he might retire, right? I mean, I think that that's something that we should be ready for. I think it's impossible that they would trade Paul George's best friend this offseason. I think it's impossible. Okay, well, me, I apologize. It's okay. No, 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 no. I'm just saying this is just my <laughs> my opinion. I know. It's not I'm not calling you an idiot or anything. I just think it's impossible from my vantage point. Um I think in terms of like bringing dudes in, I think the Clippers will sniff around Ben Simmons and I want to say f- on the front end of this that I fully support Ben Simmons. I want him to get the help that he needs. He is clearly going through it. I think that everything that he has done has pointed to the fact that this is not, to go back to the last question, a finessing situation. As someone who has suffered from debilitating stress, 
I 100% believe what he's talking about. And everybody was talking about, oh, it only comes up when he's about to play. Yeah, that's when he's most stressed out, guys. <laughs> so therefore, the things that he would be feeling physically would be worst right as he is about to do something that he said he was going to do. Yeah. Um, so I think, but at the same time, let's say you ship some guys out for Ben Simmons and then you kind of get caught in this situation of where he's never really ready to play. I think that that could be a, a vibes damaging situation. Or I'm reading the situation totally wrong and he is just a clutch client and that is a problem in and of itself sometimes. Um, and then I think either of the jazz stars, there is a potential, like if you were to target those guys, you would think, okay, yeah, that's a no brainer. You're getting a star on either end of the floor, right? To pair with Kawhi and PG. That'd be so great. Wouldn't it be so wonderful? But both guys seem kind of prickly, ornery, pouty, all that stuff. And I just, I don't feel like that would be a good addition to the alchemy of this team. Um, and those are two guys that I think are not necessarily, well, Donovan, I don't think is necessarily realistic, but Rudy, I think is. I think this team might sniff around Rudy Gobert if he's available this summer. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'll say this up front. I'm not shutting the door on that idea. I, like, it depends on on what the package looks like, all of that. But, I mean, Rudy Gobert, like, is, as much as... Rudy as Gobert with Kawhi and Paul George around yeah, him? Yeah. Rudy as, Gobert as with Kawhi, Paul George, and Norm Powell, and Robert Covington, and whoever other else wing you want to... You know, Rudy Gobert with people who can actually keep their their the person they're defending in front of them might be terrifying. Rudy Gobert away from a guard that will not pass the ball to him. Rudy Gobert getting at least three lobs a game will just be, he'd be so happy yeah. to be let free from, you know, his situation. And, I, and, I and, 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 and Joseph and I'm sorry. Um, I got, I got a little less uh, get Bayless there with you. Um, but <laughs> I also it is would my say, turn. <laughs> I'm talking now. Um, it's I. We've also seen guys that were you know unhappy one way or the other in this league join this team in this locker room and find a new sense of joy with the game and with their careers. So I would feel a little better about that, you know, because yes, like he is kind of an ornery. Uh, prickly dude as you said and and if there is a locker room that can help turn that around i do think it's this one but anyways keep going i i i that was going to be just my last point is just i believe in Ty Lue at this point and the culture that the team is building around kind of all pulling in the same direction um and i would pretty much accept anybody except donovan mitchell and kyrie irving anyway so let's go to the next question which is from johnny chen have you heard any whispers of off-season front office or coaching bench shakeups, e.g., exemplia gratis. Vogel, Is that what e.g. stands for? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. So I thought it's so I thought it was short for example. Yeah, that's actually what it is <laughs> uh, when you translate it. But um, so e.g., right, is uh -huh. an example for free, exemplia gratis, right? Okay. I.e. is id est, which is in other words. So if you're going to be using IE, you're going to be clarifying whatever it is that you said in the previous statement. If you use IG, you're going to be giving a list, right, of things that it could be that would apply to your previous statement. Ah, well, fun fact for you. Good to know. Well, I'm going to answer that question for everybody who's still with us. Um, <laughs> <no> <laughs> There's a reason no. I get all A's, buddy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> 
no, I have not heard of any shakeups or any like big moves involving the coaching staff or the brass. Vogel, I would listen to. I, I I think I think Vogel would be an interesting person. I think it depends on if anybody on the staff moves on, but that yeah. would be up to the members of the staff. I don't think that uh, the higher ups are looking to like kick anybody out or make room or anything like that. But um, you know, if if somebody leaves, hell, I would bring Vogel in for uh, you know defensive schemes and and tightening things up on that side of the ball. For sure. Yeah, I I think what you said is important. Um, if anybody leaves, then I think someone would, you know, would come in. But other than that, I don't really, I don't really think that that's that's something that's going to happen. Uh, I know Lawrence talked about in his sort of wrap up of this season presser that we weren't invited to because we're a tier B media. Um, thanks, clips. I I think what he was talking about was. There have been opportunities for people, particularly in the front office, to go elsewhere, and they have decided to stay here because there is an allure to doing something for the first time. And I think that was the exact phrase that he used. And I do think that there is something special kind of brewing in the front office coaching sphere of the Clippers. Now, obviously, a bunch of guys moved on last year because they were given opportunities to take a step up other than Kenny Atkinson that backstabbing son of a bitch who left us um, <laughs> and went to Golden State for no reason. Um, but I do think that unless someone is going to leave for a better job for a promotion, I don't think that there will be any major shakeups. That's yeah. just, that's my read on the situation. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Let's move on to our next question from Trent Maddox. Number one, seemingly every year the NBA makes minor rule changes or emphasis changes. What would you like to see implemented for next season? This one's tough. I mean, they they they've really gone in on doing this the last couple of years. I think I think maybe I, I like what you said when we talked about the play in tournament, because I am a fan of the play in tournament tournament, but um going back to kind of how it was in the bubble where there was a certain trigger to get you into it or out of it. Um, I think that that's that's a good idea. And and that has nothing to do with really like this is not coming from a, a place of like where the Clippers ended their series or season no. um, more so that it does reward teams a little bit more that are better, you know, and, and yeah. you're not left up to, you know, a freak one game kind of thing um, yeah. in terms of of like every single game. Th- I would say that it should it should be a rule that Scott Foster has to ref every Suns game next year. But that's just me. I think I think that's fair. I think that's a fair rule. <laughs> um, I would like to to see the rip through eliminated to yeah. stick on a some a Suns talking about. I think that it's so dumb that you can draw a foul on that anytime. And it's like it's not a basketball move anymore. Dudes are I mean, I understand don't reach, quote unquote, but it's like if you're defending a dude. And you're out on the perimeter, and he's not going to shoot, right? It's one thing if if it's reasonable to expect him to shoot, but just like this rip through thing, it's it, it's it's designed. It's now become one of those things where like you're cheating at that point, and everybody's allowed to cheat because it's on the rule book or whatever. Um, and I just think it's stupid. I, I'd like to get rid of that. Um, How I'd do you feel like about take fouls? Take fouls. I, I know Brian Seaman rails against take fouls every moment that he can. Um, <laughs> 
as someone who roots for an old and slow team, I love a take foul. I love a good take foul. Um, but I do understand it, you know, the, the, the reasons to stop it. Like I yeah. get it. You want a more free flowing game. Um, but one thing I really think that the NBA should look into is widening the court. Corner threes should not be 23 feet and every other three 25. Hmm. I just think, um, if you're really truly trying to get more um, of like the variety in the game, I just think more people would, would you'd have more space to operate. Like, I just think we've hit the, the, the top limit of what the human body can do on a basketball court that size. Like when the basketball court was designed, it was for, you know, five, six dudes and George Mikan, who were the one seven footer who existed in the entire universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, having dudes who are like Giannis, who are 6'11", 15 feet long, pause, and, you know, can run and <laughs> jump and do everything else, like, I, I, I think they should look into widening the court. Um, but that that's, I, I'm all in on, on um, the playing thing, the game's back trigger. I think that yeah. that's something that's important. The old school, the old school playing. We're we're old school playing believers here. We got to go back to the way it was when we were children three years back ago. in the day. And... <laughs> yeah. Okay. He has a second part of this question. Uh, this year's Clippers team has a lot of time on their hands. The first off season in three seasons, I believe, for these Clippers, um, and they have decided to put together a P Funk tribute band. What players are going to pick up what instruments? to bring the funk i have two in my back pocket but i want to hear i want to hear what you've got lined up for this question okay for guitar i see reggie he's a he's a showman he likes to be in front i've got reggie playing the guitar um guitar and then i really who guitar would be a great choice for reggie. i think it's guitar for reg yeah yeah i think that's a good call um and then my, I, I really only have two others because when I think about P-Funk, it's all about the rhythm section, baby. It's all I care yep. about. And on drums, the guy who's really carrying the rhythm is one of the players that is one of the most in-rhythm players I've ever seen. That's Nick Batum. I got Nick Batum wow. beating the drums. That, okay. that no-dip ball shot that he has, the catch-and-shoot, that is the most rhythmic thing I've ever seen. I think he's got a solid backbone to carry the rhythm. And then, as somebody who plays the bass, I understand how important it is to have the hands for the bass, and that's Kawhi. Kawhi would be able to slap that fucking thing up and down a stage. Interesting. So I had I had Zoo on the bass, actually. that was That was my... I, I see your face. I understand where you're coming from. I know we're talking about P-Funk in general, but I was thinking about trying to weave in some basketball analysis into this and not okay. just who do we think would slap the bass with large hands. I think Kawhi's hands are too big for a bass, actually. I think it would be it would be a problem for him to be able to have the the dexterity, the digital dexterity to really get down on a bass. But that's, yeah, so you're you're putting the guy that you've called the baby deer at times on the bass. No, I'm just saying I'm thinking about who is the most like he is he is the backbone of a clipper defense, unassuming, you know, does all the little things that something need, that the team needs. That's a base player to me. You know, they can be they can they can shine in their moments, but really the backbone of of a band is a base player where 
at first glance, you might not, you know, really feel exactly what they're doing. But if you dig deep and you start kind of rooting around and you really listen, you could see all of, of, you know, their fingerprints all over everything that's going on. Yeah, we're talking about P-Funk, dude. Bootsy Collins. We're not talking about a guy who sat in the background the entire time. Listen, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I just wanted Zoo to play the bass, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> fine, fine, That's all fine. I'm saying. As long as you admit to that, <laughs> I will accept it. I just wanted to see his face as he's like, I'm not even going to say that, but I just wanted to see his face as he was laying down a funky bass line. There was another okay. phrase I was going to say, and it was going to be inappropriate, and I was going to get clipped, and I didn't want that. I think I think I can get a little more on board with your idea as long as it's required that he wears the top hat and sparkly star glasses that Bootsy That Collins was a given. Wears. That okay, was a all given. Right, all right, good. That was a given. Good. There, there that, was that, no chance that wasn't what was going on. That softens the blow of a terrible pick for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, fuck you also. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's move on to our next question before we fight <laughs> each other. Jack Lee asks us, FX is making the Sterling affair. I did not know this. This is news to break. Wow. Yeah, same. I didn't know. Breaking either. news. Um, they casted Doc perfectly with Lawrence Fishburne. I think that's a good casting as well. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's just going to scream into a void for six for six weeks before coming onto the set so he gets his rasp correct. Yeah, um, and then for some reason, they still have him in the uh, duster jacket and balancing glasses from uh, his character's Morpheus in The Matrix. He's going to give he's going to give Sterling the option of a red pill where the scandal goes live or the blue <laughs> pill where, you know, he loses the team. And yeah, I and, like that we're making Sterling Neo here. That's I think that's a risky call. <laughs> that's a good point. I retract my theory. Um, he wants to know who we would cast for Chris Paul, uh -huh. Blake Griffin, mm -hmm. Steve Ballmer. Yeah. And wants to know if V if V Stiviano can play herself, and if not, who? So let's let's start with Chris Paul. I'm curious to see, you know, your idea. Who yeah, you Kevin Hart. It's Kevin Hart. Yeah, small, ornery, really annoying. Yeah. now. His, <laughs> yeah. his act is really old. Yeah, yeah. love That's it. That's who I We're got. In violent who, agreement there. Who who did you have for CP3? Um, actually, the first thought that came to my mind was was Kevin Hart, and yeah, I'm ashamed that we we're on the same page. There. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Blake. So with Blake Griffin, it's, it's a tough cast. It's, a, it's tough casting this one. So I am relying on, on a heavy amount of makeup here and, uh, the use of CGI much like they did on, um, was it, uh, what was the movie with, with Bruce Willis where he goes back in time to like kill himself oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the Gro movie it was. was Grouper or something like that. Looper. Jeep Looper. Jeepers Creepers. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you did last summer. Um, no, that's that's actually the FX series that's going to be about the Utah Jazz. So I'm using the same kind of technology, but it's Ron Perlman. Oh, I want them to God. make Ron Perlman oh, a 25 year old man, <laughs> and that's going to be Blake Griffin. We're going to do the Irishman with De Niro. Exactly. Ron exactly. 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 That's what I'm thinking. Only Who do you have for Blake? Come on the ground and can't move his leg more than three inches off of it. Um, yeah, he'll do that. And they, for some reason, much like Lawrence Fishburne, uh, he will be in the same makeup that he was on the live action Beauty and the Beast television show from the 1980s. Oh, I thought you were going to go Hellboy. I was very excited for Hellboy. <laughs> uh, that's, that's good, too. 
Uh, I think Blake should play Blake. Okay. And if not, uh, Robert De Niro should be Blake Griffin. Uh, okay, so <laughs> let's go. Steve Ballmer, I have a very specific answer for this, and I'm curious okay. who you would go with. Vincent D'Onofrio, I think, would ooh. make a great Ballmer. Oh, oh, oh. Because he's Vincent. got range, but he's he can play, he can be a little like deranged. And uh, I think that he can play the dark side of a billionaire very well. We saw That's... him do it in, in uh, Daredevil already. An evil billionaire. I think that he could bring the drama into that role. I, I hear you. I respectfully disagree. Because okay. there are only two men on this universe that I would want to play Steve Ballmer. Mm -hmm. Number one, Nick Cage. That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. Unscripted. He's the um, only no. character yeah, that's unscripted. No <laughs> he doesn't even know what the scene is. He just comes in and he's like, all you got to do is say woo at least once and clap your hands. That's it. And go yeah. from there. Uh, number two, Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The over the top act. Yeah. I can see that. That's good. That's good. Always, always on the edge of are we certain we're not in danger? Like that's, that's the energy I think both those guys can bring. Which one of those two has the uh, better shot of nailing the trampoline dunk? <laughs> Surprisingly, Nick Cage. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I 100% agree. Uh, in fact, I agree so much that he tells, he tells production, he tells production to remove the trampoline. I've got this. <laughs> 720. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then right, those v are good. Stiviano, Clipper she plays herself. Can do whatever yeah. she wants. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Right hand man, arm lady, silly rabbit. That is who she is. Yeah, um, absolutely. If not, Tila Tequila. Okay, so let's go on <laughs> to the second part of this question. Um, he says he hates the way Winning Time is portraying Jerry West, and then he stopped watching it. And he wants to know if we are watching it and what we think about the show. Brian, are you watching the show? I am. Uh, so I'll let this out because I have a much different relationship with the show than most other people. Uh, my uncle plays Bill Sharman on the show. So I am watching every episode um, that is my uncle on there and I'm going to support him and watch him. And um, it's cool to see him get this role after he did Joker and all this. It, it, like the later half of his career has been a lot of fun to watch. Um Look, winning time. We did we who expected HBO to make a show that exactly portrayed the way things happen? Like you're going to add in a ton of drama. You're going to play everything up. You're going to do that. Like it's loosely based off of something. And they dude, this isn't this isn't like a documentary. This is a dramatized show loosely based on the Showtime Lakers. Like I don't. I don't understand how upset people are about all of this. Like, and like Jerry West, okay, you can be upset about it, but also like, dude, what, it's, it's a fucking television show. Like, what are we doing here, dude? Yeah. It's, it, it'd be one thing if they were claiming this was a documentary, but they're not. Yeah. Um, and I think with how much they break the fourth wall, I think it's really hard to take it seriously as like, a, this is exactly what happened. 
Yeah. Now, are there moments in there where I'm like leaning over to my partner and telling her, oh, yeah, this is exactly what happened or that didn't actually happen that way and blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's a show loosely based on real events. But at the same time, it's like I, I don't think you can get upset about it. I, I understand. Again, I understand why Jerry would be mad. He looks like a raving lunatic, but he's also my favorite character on the show because yeah. he's hilarious. And he's the only person on the show that I can really have any connection with other than how well the dude who's playing Magic Johnson is playing Magic Johnson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, you know, there have been so many tweets about how everybody's response to winning time is actually exactly how they've been portrayed on winning time. And I find that to be hilarious. Like Jerry's reacting exactly like the character on. Yeah. The yeah. Show yeah. yeah. React. <laughs> Kareem wrote an op-ed totally missing how funny the show is um <laughs> and magic just totally ignored it and did his own thing um yeah. and so yeah i uh it's it's a great show it's great theater um and i think anytime you are listening to any oral history even if it is based on the truth it's also not exactly what happened yes everything um, is embellished yeah and so yeah yeah. If so. you made if you made a like series that was exactly one season of a basketball team, it would not be that entertaining, right? Like no. unless the show was literally just games of basketball, it would not be that entertaining. <laughs> and even then, at over 82 of those, there are some stinkers in there that you don't want to pay <laughs> yeah. attention to. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're still uh, we're still like in that era, you're still kind of getting rid of like the trash not real basketball that existed pre-80s. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's a great show. I think, um, that it's a lot of fun. It's really compelling. I, I think that the show has also found its stride. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it and I'm going to keep watching it. And I hope the next time Jerry sees me, he's heard this and refuses to give me the head nod he gave me a couple weeks ago. So, um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes out. I hope he sues me too. That would really take. Yeah, he sees uh, you. He goes, "You fucking level. piece of shit!" And he just, <laughs> "You just, stupid bitch! You motherfucker!" <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh my god, Jerry, this is exactly what I'm talking about." Uh, anyway, so, uh, love the show, Jerry. All right, let's get to our next question. Let's do my it. My mom wants to know what our favorite sport to watch during the basketball off season is. Uh, so I am not a big like other sports guy. If I'm being perfectly honest with you. I'll go to a baseball game like extremely casually. Don't know much about baseball. Um, I don't I don't really have a big one. Summer for me is like going out camping, uh, rock climbing, surfing like that's during the basketball season, doing this, going to games, watching them, all of that. It's so much spent indoors kind of doing yeah. things that like when the season ends, I am fully like, get, get me out. I, I want to get away from people. I want to get out into nature and, and just go outside. Uh, mine, b baseball and, and soccer. I'm a big LAFC guy, big Dodger guy. So I basically throw myself into baseball and like my day to day thing. And then, you know, I'll get up for an LAFC game here and there. Um, yeah. Angel city FC, the first, NWSL team in LA is starting uh, tonight, actually. Yeah. Um, and my family has season tickets, so I will be going to those throughout that would the, be fun. the season. So I'm, yeah. I'm stoked on that, too. Thanks, Mom, for the question. Really appreciate it. All right, Robert <laughs> Yamagata asks, do you think the negative vitriol the media mostly presents or a hemplo, first take, first things first, undisputed, is hurting the league in general? Uh, they say that the regular season doesn't matter and are surprised when the ratings are down. 
Um, he just wanted to get our take on sports media and the NBA. He says that there seems to be more sports personalities with hot takes rather than talking about the actual game. Um, I kind of want to jump in here, if you don't mind. I know I like Go to break it. up the sound of my own voice by throwing it to you first. Um, I think a lot of our consternation surrounding the general conversation about basketball in particular stems from an inability to look like to separate things like this winning time conversation right some things are entertainment some things are informative journalism and we live in a, in a culture where not the majority of people are basketball fans there actually aren't a lot of basketball fans if we're being honest in terms of like hardcore passionate basketball fans um now the nba smartly looked around the landscape and saw okay the nfl dominates everything all the time okay and they only play 16 now 17 times a fucking year how are they doing this right well there's so much talk about everything outside of football in football right um and i think when, when you survey the media landscape, you have to realize that sensationalism has consumed American media on all fronts, right? The news, um, sports media, entertainment media. There is so much information that you have to find a way to stand out. And so I think that people like Stephen A. Smith, we've had this conversation, I think, privately. I don't know if we've had it on the show yet. Who's a fucking genius, right? He is an entertainment genius. And you can quibble about how he's devaluing analysis in the game and all this other stuff, but it, you have to just look at it as this man earns his money. He knows where his bread is buttered. He knows where the bread is going to continue to be buttered. So he is going to continue to like lather up his slice. And if you can take that step back and just consume these things as entertainment, then I think you're going to feel a lot less negativity surrounding it. And your negativity isn't going to spawn into a negativity spiral that is NBA Twitter, where all we do all day, all 500 of us, because there's actually not that many of us, but we like to yell at each other and think that, you know, everybody is on NBA Twitter. Um, and, and, and that spiral is what I think pushes people away because we're pushing each other away instead of actually talking about the games with each other. We talk about what other people say about the games with each other and fight with each other about that. And it's all just a colossal waste of time. And so I think that the beauty of a platform like Twitter is that you get to cult cultivate your own circle and something that I would try to give as advice to anybody out there who is frustrated regarding hashtag discourse, just turn it off. You don't have to engage with things that make you unhappy because it, at the end, it's just sports media. And so if you are willing to tolerate a certain level of buffoonery, then follow all the people who make you upset and just laugh at the crazy things that they say. But otherwise, I think you should just leave it alone because it's not worth it. Talk to your friends who like basketball. Because I think that's a good way to grow the game and try to show other people how you like basketball so that they can see the game the way that you do. Because I think a lot of who consumes the NBA isn't those of us who want X's and O's coverage and what are they doing in pick and rolls and what is, what is the defense doing and what kind of action are they running. And No, it's people who are like, what did Kyle Kuzma wear to the game? 
And that yeah. that's totally valid. And that's a totally valid way to grow the game too. Because it's going to get eyeballs on your players. And yeah. eventually, if they're interested enough in their players, they're going to be interested in the game. So it's all about money too. I mean, we got to get down to that. Like you just got to follow the money. And that's what's making money because that's what's grabbing eyes. So, yeah, I I 100% agree. I'm I'm glad that you you drew the connection to uh winning time because I was going to do the exact same thing. Um, you know, like and look, I I was for a long time looking at at these shows, these daytime shows and being like, I, I hate these guys. Like this is, this is awful. These guys are idiots. And then I made the mental change of saying, okay, this isn't real, right? Like think about professional wrestling. We all know it's, it's not real, but there are still millions and millions of people that are entertained by it. And if you, if you're, if you can, you know, it, it's like watching an action film, just suspend belief for a little Eat while and be entertained by it. Yeah. For an hour and a half. Yeah. And when I did that, I realized that Skip Bayless is one of the greatest artists in modern yeah. history. <laughs> he is he is absolutely perfected his craft. He is so good at what he does. And I love that you bring up, you know, NBA Twitter and look, obviously social media is a very small section of the world population, but it does kind of present a uh, like microcosm of, especially when you're talking about sports, microcosm of like fan perspective. And yeah. as we all know, social media is a, an extremely negative place. So they're going to do that because what you're doing when you're creating entertainment on television is you want people to post about it on social media. That is one of the strongest marketing tools that exists on the planet today is social media. So if you're going to say, hey, everybody's negative on there, people love negativity, they're drawn to it, it gets the most engagement, let's create that. And then people will run with it and they'll keep posting it and the conversation will be going and people are going to tune in to see what insane shit we say next. That's exactly what they're doing. They're great at what they do. They're they're absolutely great at what they do. And so just, just be entertained by it. And then, yeah, like, look. If you want the like nerd side of all of this, the like really diving in, like you said, like the X's and O's, that's what podcasting is for. That is, that is, that is podcasting. And when you think about the way people consume podcasts, it is very passive. You're in the car, you're working, you're doing something else. You have headphones on. Like I have never sat down with, you know, sat down with my hands on my knees and listened to a podcast and not done anything else. Right. Like that's not fucking serial killer if you did. Exactly. But that's because that's how you have it. That yeah. well, you know, confirm neither confirm nor uh, nor deny. Um, but that is how it's consumed. If there was a one-hour television show of two people sitting down, breaking down, you know, all of the intricacies that goes over the majority of people's heads, and, and that's no shade to anybody who like doesn't have that mind for like X's and O's and stuff like that. I I barely have one. It would not be an entertaining thing to watch. You don't you passively watch television. Exactly. You maybe with that's YouTube at best is you put it on, you open up a different window and you do something else while it plays in the background. You just need the audio of it. So I think that those mediums create different types of entertainment. Podcasting is for the more in-depth niche kind of stuff. And ESPN is for, hey, let's get some some crazy takes on here and some things to get people riled up. But even then, like you if if you set up back to back like four X's and O's basketball podcast, dude, you would be like, Jesus, like you would turn it off and be like, I need to listen to some music because this is yeah. droning. And I think 
we all have to have that sort of we all we all want smarter discourse because we all want to feel like it's positive but i i yeah. think if you're expecting them to make this hard pivot into into x's and o's and do you think they haven't tried these are multi-billion dollar industries they have absolutely gone tried to go to market with a okay this is gonna be our deep dive x's and o's show we're gonna do zach Lowe and a rotating you know panel of coaches and former players and all we're gonna do is break down film and it's like i'm sure that they they tested that on a variety of audiences and all the audiences were like yeah it's boring mm -hmm. i don't want that on my tv so that's why you don't get it now you get skip bayless and, and shannon yelling at each other people are like oh that is why do you think we watch cops? Why do you think we watch keeping up with the Kardashians? Why do we watch fuck 90 day fiance? It's because people want things that are dumb and exciting because you don't have to pay attention. And then all of a sudden, all those little triggers in your brain that get you interested in something, start firing off when people are yelling at each other or, or making out or whatever the hell they're doing. That'd be hilarious. If skip and Shannon, Shannon start making it. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> And kiss is just the end of that show. It's the final episode. They finally kiss and then, you know, <laughs> curtains. Um, I'm writing that play tomorrow, actually. Uh, <laughs> undisputed parentheses, Lee and Love is, is the name of the show. I would call it unkissputed, but yeah, that's fine. That's really good. Okay, we'll workshop it. You and I, All we're right. going to business. Together, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's wrap this but up yeah, so I that we can think, get going on that. <laughs> yeah, I just think you can't, you can't knock someone for not lying to you they're you know exactly what you're getting from that show mm -hmm. and they're never gonna you know sh you know i think actually before before we cut this off i know this has been a lengthy conversation already but <laughs> jj reddick you and i were talking about him and people say oh it's so great that he's cutting through the bullshit no he's just playing his role yeah exactly exactly he's he and it's nice an it's, it's a it's it's a show introducing a new character and yes. we all love the character because we haven't seen it yet. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. great. And so like it appeases that small group, that one guy out of eight pundits that show up on a show will represent that small group of people that want that. Stephen A has got everybody else covered. But he also does it in a way that is the formula of the show. Yeah. He's not yeah, sitting I'm, there pulling out his tablet and going like, no, Stephen, no, a, if you no. see. Kyrie is coming over. He's curling over the screen and getting into the, t and they're running 42 pistol horn side sloppy floppy. And it's like, no, yeah, that's no. not what's happening. He's saying Bob he's, Cousy was, was being defended by plumbers and firemen. Like he's still the doing the, yeah, yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. He's doing the yeah. show. Yeah. All right. Well, time for track of the week. <laughs> uh, all what right. are you listening to? Um, Atraca by Efete, Pollito Trapper, and Oji Kanka. Atraka. Okay. Is it from like London or something? No. Uh, oh, okay. it, I think he's Dominican. Um, no, I, I didn't pick up Dominican trap music. Okay. Pollito Trapper is Fuego. Okay. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Charles Mockler is the one who showed him to me and it bangs so hard and I'm obsessed. Okay. Sick. Yeah. Uh, I... I went back to a band that uh, I think a lot of people got really into in like their like middle school, high school years. 
Um, and it, it had been a while since I had put it on and it's just one of those things. Like it's like putting on the Ramones or something where you're just like, oh yeah, this is still so good. Uh, and that's the misfits and the song skulls has been, uh, getting a lot of replays this last week. Um, I forgot how much I love the Danzig misfits and goddamn if they aren't just one of the best. Danzig. Sorry. I, I Googled Danzig because I had to remember what he looked like and God, it didn't disappoint that man. Is <laughs> You've a, seen the video is. of him getting knocked out, right? No, I need to watch that. Oh, I'm going to send that to you. I'll, I'll explain the whole backstory and everything. He basically like tried to screw over an opening band and the guy's like seven times the size and the guy, cause, cause what he tried to do was play first. And the opening band was like, no, nobody will be left for us. Like what you're, you're going to like absolutely destroy this opportunity for us. And yeah. Danzig pushed, tried to push the guy, ended up pushing himself back. And the dude hit him with one haymaker and knocked him out. Um, How did that forehead not absorb all that contact and render him totally fine? <laughs> Absolutely incredible. I'll send that to you as soon as we're done here, uh, which means we are done here. That is going to be it. Thank you everybody for sending in your questions. That was a great mailbag. Those are really good questions. Yeah, fantastic. Um, in fact, a question about, you know, arguing people about sports got two people about sports almost arguing with each other. I feel like that that was, uh, that was, that was pretty good. solid. Yeah. Um, we will uh, be back, what, in a couple weeks? We're taking next week off as well. Is that right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll okay. be back in two weeks. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much. Um, wherever you're listening to the show, remember to hit subscribe to it. Hit us with a rating and review if that is an option on your preferred platform. If you want to take that support just a little bit further, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash clipsetpod and signing up for our Patreon. When you do that, you get to submit questions to these mailbag episodes. You also get these mailbag episodes early before everyone else does. Uh, and you also get shouted out on the show when you sign up. Joseph, do we have any new... Uh, new members of the clip set we do not, not okay fair enough well uh somebody step up to the plate in the next two weeks and we'll shout you out on the uh on the next episode uh until I'll tell you then, i love you on the air how about that Ooh, ooh, okay uh what, well, hold on air. hold on Pe- people are unsubscribing already and the episode hasn't come out <laughs> what's going on here uh until the next episode remember to always That's always watch rinse Santa- oh wait hold on we got one more question that just came through it's from joseph's dad and it says Okay, yep, I don't know how right. to answer that. So yeah. uh, so remember to always, always wash, rinse, sanitize, repeat. And if you don't, my dad wins. And that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs>